Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. These two were faithful slaves of the Lord during their entire Christian lives and have become patterns to us of ones that counted all things lost on account of Christ. Witness Lee completed his most comprehensive work called the Life Study of the Bible just before going to be with the Lord in 1997. This program combines short excerpts from his original speaking, along with some of our own comments and fellowship. And as always, we'd like to hear from you with your thoughts or answer any questions that might arise while you're listening. We'll repeat this contact information at the end of the program, but if you have a pen right now, jot down our toll-free number, which is 888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Or you can reach us by email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Of course, all mankind can trace its beginning back to Adam. But in Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 says, Know then that they who are of faith, these are sons of Abraham. Amen. Two genealogies, one to Adam, one to Abraham. We'll see these in the Gospels in today's life study of Matthew. And Brother Dick Taylor has joined us for our second life study in the book of Matthew. Dick, this is a, a wonderful life study awaiting all of our listeners in the coming weeks as we get into this book, probably in a way that will be very new. Amen. I agree with you. Oh, what a book and how rich Christ is in this book. Well, we had a wonderful beginning yesterday, Dick. Matthew is a book that presents Christ in a very rich and yet a very particular way. Let's take a minute before we join today's life study, which is going to focus on the genealogy in the first chapter of Matthew, and consider a little bit about what the central thought of this gospel is, maybe even how it begins and how it ends. The central thought, Chris, shows us how rich Christ is in the book of Matthew. We realize if we read the gospel of John that Christ is just awesomely rich, but in the book of Matthew, believe it or not, you see even more items of the riches of Christ. Paul said that grace was given to him to announce the unsearchable riches of Christ, and you just see rich after rich of this marvelous Christ in the book of Matthew. Number one, he's Jesus, who is Jehovah, our Savior and our salvation. And right after that, his name is called Emmanuel, who is just God with us. He's the real temple He's the real Solomon. He's the new wine. He's the reality of the Sabbath. He's the real David. He's the real Solomon. He's the real wisdom. He's the real builder of the temple. Just item after item after item showing us how wonderful Christ is. And then this book consummates with the Christ who is in resurrection and who is ever present with us. And it concludes with a sentence, Lo, I'm with you all the days, even to the consummation of the age. So it begins with Emmanuel, God with us, and consummates with, Lo, I'm with you, all the days, even to the consummation of the age. This awesomely rich Christ who wants to be enjoyed and experienced by us is the one who's revealed in this marvelous book of Matthew. And hallelujah, he's with us. He's with us. That means if he's with us all the days, that must mean he's with us even today. He's with us right now. Amen. Dick, let's join Witness Lee as we get into this message concerning the two genealogies in the New Testament, 
one in Matthew and one in Luke. The genealogy of Jesus in Matthew starts with Abraham. Adam represents the created and fallen race. But, hallelujah, after the created and fallen race, God called another race. God selected another race, and God called Abraham out to be the father of the called race. In Genesis first ten and a half chapters, God did try with his created race. He didn't get through. The created race filled him. He tried with Adam. He didn't get through. He tried with Cain and Abel. He didn't get through. He tried with Enoch. He tried with Noah. Eventually, the human race got so fallen to such an extent that they all got rebellious to God to the uttermost. They build the Tower of Babel and the city of Babel to express their rebellion. So God said, okay, I am told all you created race, all your descendants that came out of Adam, I am told you. So God said, from now on, I am going to call one out of you. You know, God called Abraham from what kind of place? From a place full of rebellion. From a place full of idols. From a place with all the people just mingle one with Satan. Out of that circumstances, God picked up one man by the name Abraham. And God called him out of that. And God brought him from Babel, that means Babylon, to Canaan. So from that time onward, God gave up the Adamic race, the race of Adam, the created and foreign race. Now God put all his interest in this called race. So Abraham became the head of this new race. And this is not the natural race, and this is not the created race, this is the call race, and this is the transformed race. A new race, not by nature, but by faith. And God's kingdom is for this race. And God's kingdom could never be with the fallen race. God's kingdom, the kingdom of the heavens, is with the call race. This is why Matthew, dealing with the kingdom of the heavens, only goes back or starts from Abraham. Because the kingdom could only be with the called new race. Dick, as we've been speaking... There are two genealogies of the Lord Jesus in the New Testament, one in the Gospel of Luke and the other in Matthew. Luke traces this genealogy all the way back to the first man, Adam, 
But the genealogy in Matthew begins instead with Abraham. Why is there this difference between these two genealogies? The genealogy in Luke is related to God in Christ being man's salvation. But the genealogy in Matthew is related to Christ being the king in God's kingdom. This kingly race does not begin with Adam, but actually begins with Abraham. Abraham is the father of the God-called and transformed race. So the genealogy in Matthew begins with the book of the generations of Jesus Christ, son of David. David means he's a king because the son of David is a king. Abraham indicates that the source of this kingly race is not Adam as the head of the created fallen race, but Abraham, the one who is the head of the called out and transformed race. So that's why the genealogy in Matthew begins with Abraham, and we are even, as believers, the sons of Abraham. I really appreciate the fact that as sons of Abraham, we're called into the enjoyment of Christ. The Lord wants to include us in his genealogy. I really love 1 Corinthians 1.9, Chris. It says, God is faithful through whom we were called into the fellowship, that is the participation and enjoyment of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Dick, this point regarding Abraham was very much a part of uh, the life study of Genesis that we were involved in, well, I think a couple of years ago now. Uh, we're going to go back to that a little bit in this coming section uh, as Witness Lee was giving the life study of Matthew when he got to this point about Abraham and his son Isaac and Jacob. His speaking, very reminiscent of the life study of Genesis. Let's join that right now. Today, you are the race of Abraham, but, yes, check, are you today walking in the way of Ishmael, or are you living in the way of Isaac? The way of Ishmael is to fulfill God's purpose by your energy, by your doing. And the way of Isaac is to put yourself into God, trusting Him to do everything to fulfill His purpose for you. A big difference. Ishmael has nothing to do with Christ. But Isaac, whatever you do, whatever you endeavor, whatever you serve, the country. It has nothing to do with Christ. You have to get Isaac. You have to cast out Ishmael and stop your doing and put yourself into the very working God. Then Isaac began Jacob. Positionally speaking, Jacob. He was the descendant of Abraham, no doubt about this. But this positionally speaking, she was surely a son of the devil. She needs God's dealing. God raised up Esau to deal with him. God raised up Laban, his ankle, to deal with him. God raised up even four wives to deal with him. And God even gave twelve helpers. And these are the male helpers, and there were also female helpers. You read this life of Jacob, a lot of suffering. And all these sufferings came not from God's election, but from his strategy. The more she strived, the more suffering she got. You realize you are exactly the same as Jacob. 
the more we try to do something, the more problems we got. In Christ, first of all, we need a life of Abraham, forgetting what we are, living by Christ, trusting in him. Number one. Number two, in Christ, we need no more eating, our doing, but fully ethic. No more our doing, but his doing. His doing. In Christ, number three, we don't need the natural Jacob, but we need to transform Israel, the Prince of God. Well, Dick, as we've been speaking, this part of the genealogy of Christ in the Gospel of Matthew is a very good review of our life study of Genesis that we had. What about these three outstanding persons in Genesis, Dick, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and what they reveal to us regarding our own Christian life? These three really indicate to us, Chris, how we can be associates of Christ and how we practically are included in the genealogy of Christ. That is, we're people who really partake of, participate in, and enjoy Christ in such a precious way. Abraham indicates that we need to live a life of faith. We're not here of a race that's just trying to muster up our own righteousness by our own doings, but we're here of a race that's believing in Jesus Christ. As we believe in him, we're justified by faith. We are those who are just simply trusting the Lord as the one who became flesh, the one who died on the cross, the one who's resurrected from the dead and is the living Lord. So we're of the race of Abraham, of faith. And secondly, we're of Isaac. Concerning Isaac, we're not here to be those who are just working out something for ourselves, but rather here as inheritors and enjoyers of Christ. And I really like this verse. We're here trusting in the Lord's doing. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. The Lord is in us working. May we trust him, enjoy him, and inherit all of his riches. And thirdly, Jacob, to be a son of Jacob, indicates we also need God's dealings. Because by position, Jacob was a son of Abraham. But by disposition, Jacob was a son of the devil, just like us. And he needed all the women in his life and all the men in his life and all the things in his life to deal with him. So under God's sovereignty, he's arranged so many things to deal with us, to perfect us, so that we could be genuinely those who are Christ's associates and included in the genealogy of the one whom we love, Jesus Christ. So it's marvelous. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. No more just what we are, but we're here trusting in the Lord. No more just what we're doing, but we're inheriting like Isaac. And no more just out of our natural strength and our natural being, but we're here open to the Lord for all his dealings that we might become transformed like Jacob was because his name was changed to Israel. The Lord's in the process, Chris, of changing our name right now while we believe in him like uh, Abraham. We're enjoying and inheriting him like Isaac. We're being transformed so that our name would be changed, our being would be changed, and we would be like the Lord in his life and in his nature. 
Dick, the life study of Genesis, uh, a really classic offering, I think, from Witness Lee and this ministry. A wonderful book was condensed out of that life study, at least this portion of it, a book entitled Abraham Called by God. It really develops this uh, this aspect of these three persons really representing all of our Christian experience together, the picture that we see by the three, Abraham and his offspring Isaac and Isaac's offspring Jacob, really is our story, isn't it? It really is. That's exactly our experience. At the end of the program, we'll give the toll-free number. People can contact us a little more about that book, Abraham Called by God. We're going to stay in Genesis in one sense as we look at the genealogy of Christ in Matthew in this final section. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The first son of Jacob was Reuben. He should have the first son's possession. That is the birthright. The birthright included three things. The double portion of the man, the priesthood, and the kingship. And today, we have to know the birthright of the church. The birthright of us is also composed with these three items. We have the double portion of Christ, and we have the priesthood, and we have the kingship. But do you know, many Christians today have lost this birthright. They got saved. They could never be lost, but they have lost the double portion of Christ. If you are going to enjoy the extra portion of Christ, surely you have to keep the birthright. Many Christians, they were reborn priests, but today they lost their priesthood. They even couldn't pray a little bit. They have lost their praying position. They have lost their priesthood. And all the Christians reborn should be the reborn kings. But they have lost their kingship. And we are told that when Jesus comes back, you know what? All the overcoming things will be with him. He'll be God's priest and also be God's kings. And at the same time, by that time, they all will be enjoying the inheritance of this earth. Not many Christians are like that today. If we would be person to take care of God be there first above all things. Surely we will keep our birthright and the double portion of Christ will be ours and the priesthood will be ours and the kingship will be ours. Even today we could enjoy Christ twofold and we can pray and we can rule, we can read. Then when the Lord Jesus comes back, we will be with him to enjoy the inheritance of this earth and to be the kings ruling over the people and to be the priests contacting God all the time. Dick, there is an interesting omission, if you want to look at it that way, in this genealogy. And that is that after Jacob, the line goes to Jacob's son, Judah. It says, And Jacob begat Judah and his brothers. The thing we want to take note of is that Jacob's firstborn was not Judah. Rather, it was Reuben. The birthright should have passed to Reuben, but he lost it. What's the significance, Dick, of losing the birthright? And how can we be people of God today who maintain and hold on to our birthright? This is a precious point concerning the birthright. 
I appreciate that Joseph was given the birthright of the double portion of the land. This signifies the double enjoyment of Christ. And Joseph received that birthright because of his purity. In the New Testament, we need to be people who love the Lord and pursue him with others out of a pure heart. The most defiling thing to us in these days is fornication, and even in the days of Joseph. But because he fled the youthful lust, because he fled fornication and all the things of the flesh in that category, in his purity, God gave him the double portion of the land, which to us means the double portion of the enjoyment of Christ. You consider your daily life any time you just go the way of the flesh, the way of fornication, the way of lust. You know what happens? It kills your enjoyment of Christ. You lose your birthright. Another son, Levi, because he separated himself 100% to the Lord for the Lord's need. He gave himself for the Lord's need, not his own desire. So uh, Jacob's son, Levi, was given the birthright of the priesthood because he was a person who separated himself 100% to the Lord. This means he was given the right and the way to continually remain in the presence of God, contacting God, and joining God in prayer for the sake of God's interest on this earth, that God's economy could be carried out. Oh, how wonderful to remain in the presence of the Lord, enjoying the Lord, and joining him to pray for others that God's purpose would be fulfilled. Then thirdly, Judah was given the birthright. His birthright was the kingship, and Christ is a son of Judah. We who are associates of Christ were also, in a sense, sons of Judah. He was given the birthright because, in the case with his brothers, especially the story related to Joseph, he lovingly cared for his suffering brother Joseph. So this means if we as Christians in love, or caring for our suffering brothers, we become those who are given the birthright of the kingship, and we become Christ's associates. And who is Christ? He is the king of kings. How can the birthright of the kingship be ours? It can be ours by our caring for the suffering brothers. That means we pray for others. We do what we can to minister Christ to them. We take care of one another in the divine love. And we would shepherd others and cherish them and nourish them. The result is the Lord ushers us into the association with him as the king of kings. We enjoy the kingship. So this is too marvelous. So as believers, we want to be people who do not lose the birthright. We want to be those who every day run from the lust of the flesh into the enjoyment of Christ, calling on him out of a pure heart. Lord Jesus, I love you. We want to be those who every day separate ourselves unto God for his need and praying for others that God's purpose would be fulfilled, thereby enjoying the birthright of the priesthood. And we want to be those every day who care for the suffering brothers, that the Lord might give us the birthright of the kingship, that we might be the co-kings with Christ, the King of Kings. And all of this is unveiled, can you believe it, in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah for his word. This is one of those real hidden treasures, hidden nuggets in God's word, and how we thank the Lord 
for the light and the shining and the unveiling that is present in this life study of the book of Matthew. Uh, the whole book is like this, Dick. I think you uh, know better than I. Uh, we've been down this road in the life study of Matthew, and I think we can offer our listeners with absolute assurity and confidence there are riches upon riches in store as uh, we continue on this life study. There sure are, and we want all of you to enjoy all these riches of Christ. Thank you, Brother Dick, for being with us. We'll have you back very soon. Oh, you're welcome, Chris. I look forward to being here. And we look forward to having you. We hope also you'll join us again tomorrow as we continue on our new life study this week. We're beginning the life study of Matthew. Please don't miss any of these messages on the genealogy. They are precious. We also have some printed material that goes along with our program today. We'd love to give you information about that or just hear from you. Get your comments, your response. Uh, we provided a toll-free number, and we invite you to call it. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address, Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And our email address is radio at lsm.org. Please do join us again tomorrow for Dick Taylor Today. I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. These programs are based on messages Witness Lee gave when he did a comprehensive book-by-book study of the Bible, showing how Christ is life to man. Whether you're hearing these life studies via radio, online, or as a podcast, we hope you'll visit our website, lifestudy.com. There, you'll find more than 1,700 audio studies covering every book of the Bible. Again, That's lifestudy.com. Thanks again for listening.